Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Hallelujah. If you could be prepared to put Matthew chapter 6, we'll just begin with verse 1 there on the screen. We'll be there in a minute. Uh, I'd like to repeat again for you and for those who are watching or may be watching. Uh, The original Call of War syllabus is still available. Uh, we have a few left printed, but uh, boy, they cost us a lot of money to print. It cost us almost $45 a piece to print because they were so thick, full color cover, and uh, it was 300 pages about. So they're available. It is available as a e-document. 
uh, a PDF document. Uh, and that's available. And it's, there's nothing in there, I don't believe. But I have been for years, the last several years, obviously since the first one, feeling the need to expand the material and include more. And then I thought I was going to prepare a syllabus for this one, not for me to teach from, but just for you to have for each session. And then as I began to study and feel after the Holy Ghost, I realized that the material was really going to be uh, reference material for your study when you get home. Uh, and as I began to work on the the, the, the studies, the lessons, uh, I realized the need to really put, to fill in the blanks of the stuff that I had not covered and left out because the original syllabus was, <laughs> I know this is going to be a joke, but it was originally in its syllabus, I really honestly thought I was supposed to teach from it. And if you were here, I spent all week frustrated because I tried to teach from it. And when you're, your Lord gives you this stuff and you write it all down, and then I'm trying to follow it and the Spirit's going here and there and I, it was not one of my favorite experiences, even though the Lord did awesome stuff for me personally. I, it was it was really difficult because I was so torn from between the syllabus and what the Spirit was trying to do and say. And so I determined that I would never allow myself to be put in that position again. So what I was really trying to do was get together material that would kind of uh, there's been four, four called award. If you've watched very many of them at all in the sessions, you know that there's really not a lot of duplicated material. Uh, yeah, there's some principles that are covered. There's some principles I've touched on or hammered on, <laughs> what, 10, 12, 15 times this week? I keep trying to stay away from it. The Lord keeps coming back to it. So that's just the way it is. And, the essence of teaching is repetition because you you don't get stuff unless you hear it from a couple of different perspectives as time goes along, whatever. But anyway, so the uh, it's now not a syllabus. It's a syllabus series. And I'm only using the word syllabus just like I use the word seminar to try to get your mind out of a predetermined expectation. This is not, we use seminar not because it's like any seminar you may have ever gone to before, but because we're trying to make a differentiation between this and the cultural expectations of church. This is not church. And and again, I will say it again. Uh, I'm a musician, even though I haven't played my trumpet much over the last several many years, probably 15 years or more, maybe two two decades. But it's I still have it, and it's still my one of my favorite things to do when I can do it. And uh, I love to sing. I love to sing with my wife, and I love to sing harmony. Uh, I, I'd rather sing harmony lead any day because it's more challenging. 
therefore it's more fulfilling and I love to do it. So I'm not anti-singing. Usually I have a mic over here during church that if I want to pick up and sing with the praise singers, I do. Do you attend their practices? No, I'm the bishop. I can sing with them if I want to. (laughs) That was supposed to be funny, and you didn't take it very funny. (laughs) But anyway, I'm not anti-music in church. I'm not. I love to sing. I love music. I do. But we specifically don't have music and singing because I want you to understand you can learn to move into the presence of God so that when you go to church, hopefully the next service or two you go to, you will enter into his presence and the singing and the music will just be an aid to further you along rather than your crutch. Glory to God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, amen. The crutch we need to get us someplace we don't spend any time all week. Hallelujah. So, and I think the Lord has demonstrated that you really can't get into his presence without singing. Even though the scripture says, come into his presence with singing. I understand that. But that's not what we're doing. So we use the word seminar that way. And uh, the word seminar is a very unique word because it comes from the same root word as the word seminary. And if you look it up, you'll find that the root word for seminar and seminary is semen because this is a, a seminar, a biblical seminar, a true seminary is a place where spiritual reproduction takes place. And so for the same reason, I use the word syllabus because you don't expect it to be a book. I don't like the word book in this context. It is not prose. It is not something you just read and skim through and speed read and, okay, read that. The purpose of the... the uh, information is there are scriptures there and there are there are uh, word studies included in some of them there's there are various translations included if you haven't seen any of the material and then what's being added to a degree never before is as i said the other day i was it was said to me well we need to know how to how you got from this point to that point see this point see this point but how did you connect them how what, what did you see that connected them? And so that's what I'm trying to do now, and I've spent a lot of time doing that in the last several months, and it, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's not work. It's pleasure. It's joy. Um, and uh, we're, we're working on that. <clears throat> we are currently at 22 different lessons that we will be covering. It, I'm sure there's more coming you understand that there are some principles and areas of study that fit in more than one situation. And so there will there'll be some things that will be covered 
more than once, and the idea is to have one study that goes into great detail on that particular subject, but to show how it fits in and others. And what we're trying to do is to note in each lesson where where you can go to get the full effect of that particular subject studied. And I got some guys that have volunteered to make some kind I forgot what you call it, uh, where you, they will list all the scriptures, all the subjects that are covered and what lessons that's in and where all the scriptures are used and where you can find those scriptures for our studies and whatever. And uh, uh, so, you know, we've got a lot of work done. We've got a lot of work to do. Uh, I will be tweeting and putting on Facebook when, a, uh, when a, uh, the next lesson is available and you're welcome to to acquire it if you'd like. Uh, also, uh, we'll, it will be posted on the website when the next uh, lesson's available. So, as I said already, the hope is that you are hungry enough to go home and to pr- study, not read, Study and pray and study. Uh, my recommendation, and I, and th- th- this is what I do. It works for me. It may not work for you. My recommendation when you're reading material like this, because there's no fluff in it, uh, there's there's no breathing space. It's just boom, 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 boom. Is that you do read through it the first time? You don't get sidetracked and stop and whatever. If you because it's PDF, if you want to copy and paste it into a, a word processor so you can make notes that you want to come back and study, that's fine. But the first time through, just you don't have to read every detail, but just go through it enough to get a good feel for the lesson and where it goes and what the, the points it's trying to make. And then you go back and read it carefully, uh, reading the scriptures and making notes of what you want to do. And then... The third time through, that's when you go, you read, and you stop, and then you go here and there, wherever God takes you, and then you do that. By the, by the end of the third time through, it won't be my material. It will be yours. And you won't have to quote me. You'll be quoting what God has put in you. And it will become working knowledge for you. And it will affect your life every day. I, I come across people all the time and say, you know, I've taught your syllabus to our church or whatever. I, you know, that's great. That's wonderful. And that didn't bother me at all. And that's fine. Uh, it, it's fine with me if people use the material and not even tell who wrote it. I don't care. I mean that. I, I received it. I didn't intellectually produce it. So the only thing I've requested, and some of you have gotten sets of notes because you requested them from various places I've spoken, and it's the same thing. Even if you purchase a lesson, you know, if you share it with somebody, that's fine. 
This is the UPC. We believe when we buy something, then we have a right to give it away or duplicate it for everybody. You know it's true. So rather than sweat that, I just make peace with that and say, if you, if you, if you get a lesson and you want to give it away, as long as you're giving it away, You don't have the right to sell it. Okay. Praise God. So we're, we've got scripture on the screen. <clears throat> Brother Joe Herod came up to me and said, it, it, it doesn't even feel like you're tired at all. I'm not. A feet hurt. But... That's just, you know, what's the old saying about feet of clay? It's the Lord's little remind me, reminder just how much I need him. So, but I feel good, and I'm really, really, really thankful for how well my voice is doing because I'm still talking, not whispering. I have had a couple of call to war by Friday. I was breathing out, <laughs> and I'm not doing that. Okay, we're ready. Here we go. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your, of your father, which is in heaven. Next verse. Therefore, when you do, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. Next verse. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. I won't comment on that next verse. That thine alms may be in secret. And thy father which seeth in secret, himself shall reward thee openly. Next verse. And when thou prayest... Thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets. Uh, I got to re-say that. I'm in the north. Corners of the streets. That they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father, which seeth thee in, seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your father knoweth what things ye have need of before ye ask him. After this manner pray ye, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Next verse. And for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. Next verse. 
But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Next verse. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anointest thy head, wash thy face, brush your teeth, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father, which is in secret, and thy Father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Lay not up up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and dust, 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 moth, moth and rust, doth. Boy, that's a good one for my tongue. Where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. And lay not, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. There is a method to this madness. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat and what ye shall drink, neither yet for your body. What ye shall put on is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they sow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which is which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you little O ye of little faith, therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For all of these things do the Gentiles, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take Take therefore no thought for tomorrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself sufficient unto the day's evil era. What is the common thread through all of that? Sorry? What's the common thread in all the scriptures I just read? The Father. So, my dear brothers and sisters that either skipped lunch or you're heavy laden. One or the other. (laughs) If we are instructed to pray to thy father, your father, 
our Father, who is doing the praying. I have read all of that, said all of that to get to this point, to that question. It's not enough to identify to whom we pray. We must now identify who is it that is doing the praying. Hello? Huh? I can't hear. Not, that's not the answer. Who? Who? Sons. You see how we read all of that? We listened to all of that? We even recognized who we're praying to. But we don't identify who's doing the praying. I don't mean, I'm not picking on your sister because we all think of the same thing, but it's not enough to say we are. Who is the we are who are praying? Because the bottom line is that those, that stuff in that chapter can't be prayed just by anybody. Jesus identified it clearly. He talked about the heathens that prayed. They disqualified. They're not qualified to pray that, those prayers. And then he comes down near the end and identifies the Gentiles and how they pray. And he just disqualified them from praying those prayers. So he automatically proves to us by the mouth of two witnesses that the, that those scriptures are not addressed to just anybody who wants to pray. Because not just anybody can pray those prayers. So who is it that's qualified to pray? Sons of God. Well, can't anybody pray? Everybody can pray one kind of prayer that God will listen to. If people that are not sons pray anything else but one kind of prayer, he does not hear them. Because the impenitent are still living with iniquity in their heart. And the Bible says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So therefore, the sinner can pray, God help me, God, God. There's a man that attended our church in the past, at least his wife did, he visited occasionally. Nice guy. And, and he seemed to respect me and I appreciated him. He was a professor. Professor of psychology. And flat out looked me in the face and said he's an atheist. And I said to him, you weren't always an atheist. How'd you become an atheist? He said, I was 10 years old and my dog was sick. And I asked God to heal my dog and save his life. And my dog died. I haven't believed in God since. We smile at that. 
But how many people are there out there that have prayed prayers expecting answers? I have two sons and now two daughters by those sons. And then I have seven grandchildren by those sons. And they're all kind of kids and people in this church. And I love them. I love kids. And, you know, and if, if one of your kids came up and wanted something, I'm gonna, I love kids. But if you think there's not a difference, if your kid come up and said, do this, and my grandchild came up and said, would you do this, dad, dad? You call me bishop, they call me dad, dad. There's a difference. There is a difference. And you can call me all kind of names if you want to. But there's a difference. You can call me what you want to, but you can't call me dad, dad. You can't call me dad, and you can't call me dad, dad. Because we don't have that relationship. Call me friend, call me brother. Call me to dinner. Doesn't matter. But there is no difference. There is a, you know. You know. One of my grandchildren. Well, the little ones, they've tried that. They're not old enough to get away with it yet. One of my grandchildren came to me and said, Dad, Dad, I, can I have $20? I'm not going to say, for what? And can I get a receipt? And if you think that sounds like I'm an easy mark. They got a grandmother. There is nothing else that needs to be said. That's that. Why? Because the relationship opens doors. Or there ha- I have to find some other reason or means to respond when the relationship is not that. Yes, I'm a, I've been a pastor and I, I'm a Christian. And all that. Yes, 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 I get that. But that's not the point I'm making here. It's not the point. The point is, I'm a dad, and I'm a dad-dad, and I can't spend it when I'm gone. And I'd rather spend it on you while I can enjoy you enjoying it than you fight over it after I'm out of here. So the point being made here is, person can walk off the street, hear these scriptures, and try to pray them. Ain't go to work. Because you can't become a son without being born again. There is one prayer that anybody can pray and God will listen to. I confess my sins. I'm a sinner. Forgive me. That pray, if that prayer is prayed in faith, 
God will answer that prayer. He will answer it. But let me tell you something right now. You can't pray the rest of this. Now, I'm doing that to make a point. Because this morning I talked about the kingdom. And this afternoon, I'm going to talk about the kingdom and those who work the kingdom are a part of the kingdom. Who are they? Sons of God. The kingdom of God is simply the authority of God being exercised to establish God's dominion in the spirit so that he can accomplish his mission in the earth. Someone asked me after the last session, well, is calling and ministry and gifting all the same? They're not even remotely the same. They're all three totally different. Calling is the mission you're called to. Ministry is what you do to fulfill the ministry, the mission. Gifting are the tools you're given to use in your work to fulfill your mission. Not the same thing. Calling is your mission. Your, your part of the mission. Your mission is a part of the mission. That's your calling. And then, your ministry is the collection of all those things, your personality, your experiences, your faith, everything God's done for you, into you, in you, with you. So that he can uniquely create you to fulfill your part of the mission. And then he, once he's prepared you, then he gives giftings for your ministry to use as tools with which you can accomplish the mission. And the kingdom of God, which is now spiritual, which will not be a natural kingdom, We are not trying to tear down nations. We're pulling down strongholds, not nations. We don't want to run governments. There's a doctrine years ago that was especially strong in the charismatic movement. Some even believe it. Kingdom now. And it was a big deal here in the 70s for all these people to run for office and get elected office because it's kingdom now. And since it's kingdom now, we're the ones that's supposed to be fulfilling, ruling. We're the ones supposed to be ruled. You got a headache? Really bad? Bad enough? That's why your eyes are glazed. Praise God. You got a headache. You got faith. You got faith. You got a headache. Headache, meet faith. Do not ask God to do anything. You put your hand on her head, speak to that headache, and command it to leave her. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I know this is a lady, but spiritually, this is a son of God exercising by faith the dominion of the kingdom. Woo! My God. (laughs) 
Yeah. Do I have to ask her if her headache is gone? Or am I sensitive enough in the spirit to feel it when it left? Hello? Okay, for those of you who didn't feel it, is your headache gone? I didn't ask that question. I said, is your headache gone? Is it better or is it gone? It's gone. Okay, praise God. (laughs) I... I cannot be a son of God without being in the kingdom of God. Because except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom. So when I'm born again, becoming a son makes me a part of the kingdom. And as I taught first session, if I allow the kingdom to work in me so that the kingdom can establish its dominion in me first over my shame and condemnation because of righteousness, over my fear and worry and any of that because of peace, and over any sorrow or mourning I may have had through joy, I am now allowing the kingdom God to rule in my life. And therefore, I'm a son, and I'm also, I'm also a son who's not just a part of the kingdom, but the kingdom is now ruling in me. And once I'm a part of the kingdom and the kingdom is ruling in me, then I am now a representative of the kingdom. Because I not only have a king, the king is my daddy. I'm not out praying people through the Holy Ghost and healing people for the church or for the for the glory of the faith or whatever. I'm exercising my father's dominion so that his kingdom can be established and glorified. Because you see, you can't have a kingdom which is shortened for king's Dominion. If there's no king with a dominion, you don't have a kingdom. And if I am a part of the kingdom, because I'm a part of his dominion, and he is in me, and therefore I have surrendered to him, so that I now have his dominion, Ruling in me, not fear, not faith, not, I mean, not fear, not worry, not, 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 not condemnation, not shame, not, not mourning over my losses. I now have him ruling in me because he's made me whole. I now have him ruling in me. I'm in the kingdom. The kingdom is now ruling in me. I am then a qualified representative, legal, from a spiritual standpoint, a legal representative of my father and his kingdom. 
What are the identifying marks of sonship? How, how do you know a son is a son? I was hoping to get book, chapter, and verse. A certain man had two sons. One comes and says, give me my portion. I'm going to go do whatever, blah, blah, blah. He goes. He messes up. He realizes that he is, you know, he's messed up really bad. He's in the pig pen. And uh, and I've told this story before, but my my mother's dad, he raised pigs and the pig pen wasn't that far from the back door, and there was this big 55-gallon drum, and all the table scraps went in there. That's what made me, that what, that's what formed my opinion of leftovers. Because you take the lid off that 55-gallon drum, and you don't want to be within 50 feet of it if you could help it. And so a couple of times I'd visit my grandfather, and he wanted to know, Chester, you want to go while I slop the hogs? Well, I go with you. I'm thinking to myself, but I don't, if you're asking me, no, I'm going to go with you. I don't want to go do that, but since you're doing that, I'll go with you. If you ask me, I'll go with you. So we go out there, he gets a big bucket and he, five gallon bucket sticks down there. He takes it over and the pigs see him coming and they come squealing, pushing each other out of the way because right over the fence is this trough, trough, not a plate. A trough. And he pours that stuff in there. And they get their nose down in. They don't care if it's poured on their head or anything else. They lick it off each other, you know, because they're not going to let any of that go to waste. Pour it down in there. And then they stick their nose in it. You'd think they would drown. Maybe they should, except I like bacon too good. So, okay, okay, okay. I'm glad you didn't drown. So, uh, this guy's, he's slopping the hogs. And he is so hungry. You see, when I, when I read that story, I remember the smell. And I'm thinking to myself, how low can you go? How desperate can you get? And he obviously, that smell must be what brought him to himself. Because he wasn't his right mind until something brought him to himself. The Bible says he came to himself. Well, I'm going to tell you what, you smell that stuff, it'll bring you to yourself. Especially if you're hungry enough, you're thinking about sticking your face over there, pushing the hog out of the way and get your mouth down there and try to get some of that. To say you're hungry doesn't describe it. You are desperate. You think you're about to die because nobody in their right mind does that. Oh, that's right. You're not in your right mind. So he came to himself. He finally came to his right mind because he got there because he wasn't in his right mind. And so he says to himself, I'm going to go home and say to my father. He had his speech all prepared. I'm not, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Just let me serve you because I know the servants in your house have bread enough to eat. So that made him feel good enough. Now that he's come to himself, he heads off down the road. Notice the father didn't pursue him when he left. Father let him go. But the father obviously it's implied he must have prayed for him and had enough faith in his prayers. He kept waiting for him to come because you don't recognize a little dirt cloud down the road a great way off as being your son if you're not constantly watching the road with expectation. 
And so here he goes. He goes, he, he, and the servants go, what, 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 what did we miss? They don't know what's going on. They don't know what, where he's going, but everybody comes running after the father because they hadn't seen the father act like that since the boy left. And he runs down there, you know, if it smells like that on, in the trough, what does it smell like that on, like on your body? But that it mattered not to the father. He runs to his son, falls on his neck, and kisses him. That's what I want to do every time I read it. Shoo, Lord have mercy. And he starts with his speech. He gives his speech. Father, I'm not any more worthy to be your son. Just let me be your servant. And the father says, now, we need to talk about this. I know you missed. No. no. The father totally ignored his subject, his whole speech. The first thing the father did was change his clothes. I think we talked about that in the last lesson. (laughs) Isaiah 61.10, please. I think we talked about that. Do you feel that? I feel that. I feel that right now. The first sign of sonship is what you're wearing. Because it's implied. The father didn't put the robe over the filthy rags. It's implied somebody cleaned him up real quick. It doesn't say it because it's implied. It's just like in the garden when the Lord, when the Lord provided coats of skin. It didn't say animals died, blood was shed. But you don't get skins where there's no death unless somebody Something died. Same thing here. If he's putting his robe, his best robe, on his son, it's implied somebody cleaned the boy up real quick. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he hath clothed me with the garments of salvation. What are the garments of salvation? He hath covered me with a robe of righteousness. If it was the best robe, whose robe was it? <laughs> the Father's robe. And we've all preached this. What did, what did that mean? First of all, to the servants that were standing around, it immediately meant the Father had completely restored the Son. Forget this servant stuff. My son that was lost is now found. My son that was dead was alive. He didn't say, I got a new servant out of this. I lost a son, but I got a servant. No, sir, he didn't. No, he didn't. No, 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 dad, not your robe. I'm just going to keep on wearing these rags. It's okay. That's what some of us do. No, 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 dad. No. Why would we do that? Romans chapter 10 verse 1 is why we do that. Romans 10 and 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Next verse. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God. 
but not according to knowledge. What is it that they don't know about? For they be, no, no, what is it they don't know about? Next verse. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. So when the Father tries to give you a robe and you say, no, 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 Dad, that's yours. I, I can't take that. Uh, I, I, I know my clothes are a little tattered right now, but they're mine. I just get somebody to wash them up. Maybe they could sew a few of the worst tears. Cause I, I just, I'm going to keep my filthy rags, my self-righteousness. Because I'm not willing to submit to receiving the Father's robe of righteousness as a gift I cannot and did not earn. Problem is, I can't be restored to sonship without submitting to receiving the robe as a gift. Can't. I can't do it. He's not going to do it. But we know, thank God, the son was humble enough and had been brought down low enough. He realized he messed up and he knew the only way he had a chance to come back was for the father's mercy and grace and love to restore him. And it's far more than what he expected. But he wasn't prideful enough to refuse it when it was offered. Oh, wait just a minute. What's the next thing the father gave? The father put a room. I'm sorry. I, I, that was so carnal. Maybe I'm a little tired. <laughs> the father put a ring on there. And from my study, it wasn't jewelry or decoration. What was it? It was a signet ring. And what was a signet ring? The word signet is the root concept where we get the word signature. And before they had paperwork they signed, when you went into the market and you purchased something, you they would put wax on it or whatever, and you'd take that signet ring that was your own brand, just like out in the West with cattle, and you'd press that into that wax, and that was, that signed the deal that you just made. Because that represented the power and authority of the Father to do business. You didn't get it. <laughs> you didn't get it. Come on now. Come on now. It's one thing. Okay, okay, okay. You realize I'm filthy and this is pretty bad and you don't want me to be embarrassed. And when we finally do get the house, you want everybody at the house, including the elder brother, to understand you have brought me home. That's wonderful. But this guy that just wasted half of your living, you forgive him to the point that you give him the ring that gives him the authority to act like you and to speak for you and to do your business. 
in his, in your name? Because that isn't a signature or a proof of sonship. Who is it that's praying those prayers in chapter 6? Somebody that's got the righteousness. Somebody that's got the power and authority of the name and knows they have a right to use it. I just, I just wish things weren't like they are in my city. Excuse me, I'm sorry, I can't help myself. Uh, just, I'm just so weary and frustrated with the way things are. There's nothing happening, whatever. I've lost my ring. Or maybe I never understood it when I got it. Because I act like somebody that's not a son. I act like a beggar. I act like a beggar. If one of my sons came to me and said, Dad, I, I need $5. Would you please give it to me? I'd say, okay, what's the punchline? This has got to be a joke. What's, what's your problem? This isn't about the $5. This is about you, you don't know who I am and you don't know who you are either. <clears throat> I think I'll say that again. You're acting like this because you don't know who I am and you forgot who you are too. I am not called to be a beggar. I'm not called to be a servant. I am a son of God. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. And it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Because we will be what he is, like he is. Behold, what manner of love. That is First John 3, 1, in case you're looking for it. Behold, what manner of love. The Father, what manner of love. When I reject sonship, I'm rejecting the sonship, the love of the Father. When I'm rejecting sonship, I'm rejecting the love of the Father. Because it was His love that has declared me His Son. That word called doesn't mean, hey, son. It means I have been named. I have been recognized with this title. He has claimed ownership of me. He has declared who I am to the whole universe. I am a son of God. I don't have just a father. I have the father who is my father and my father is in heaven over everything. Everything in the earth, everything in the universe, and everything in my world, and everything in my life. Come on. Why don't you receive it right now? Why don't you receive it? 
if you're going to take anything home with you from this week, why don't you take sonship home with you? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Surely you're not done. Receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Believe it. Embrace it. Wherever I go, the Father goes. Whatever I say, the Father's saying it. Whatever I speak, the Father's speaking it. If I'm truly a son and in tune with the Father, the Son can do nothing of Himself, but the Son does whatever the Father says. do or he sees the father do and the son says whatever the father's saying my god dominion and I've been commanded to pray the prayer of king's dominion your name be sanctified I command the name of Jesus to be sanctified I command the kingdom to come in manifestation I command the will of God as its purpose in heaven to come into being in the earth I have a king I'm a part of his dominion and his dominion rules in my life. And I am, I don't, I'm not just a servant of the kingdom. I'm the son of the king. Woo. Let's see if you believe it. Every one of you has got some situations that are mountains of obstacle and resistance that the devil has been allowed to put in your life that is preventing you from fully giving yourself to the kingdom. And your father says... If you would speak to that mountain and command it to be cast into the sea, it would obey you. I don't know what, well, I know a few of you what your mountain is, but I, 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 let's put it this way. I'll say it rhetorically. I don't know what your mountain is, and maybe you've never identified it as your mountain. But it is an obstacle that every time you try to do the will of God, every time you try to go forward in God, you keep facing it. It keeps rising up in front of you. Just like with Jesus and Peter. Peter wasn't Satan, but Peter was being used to speak things contrary to what Jesus came to do. And so Jesus spoke to his mountain, Get thee behind me, Satan. 
It may be a loved one who's resisting the will of God. It may be a financial situation you can't get past. It may be, it may be a mountain of disappointment or a mountain of grief. I, I can't, I can't, I can't kill this by continuing to try to suggest to you so you finally get the message. Or it may be your own concepts and ideas of how it's supposed to go. And you keep bumping up against what you want the way you want it. And you can't, you can't cast that, that mountain away. Because you're entertaining the mountain instead of getting it out of the way so you can become everything you're supposed to be. Are you a son? I'm not talking about males. Are you a son of God? Speak to your mountain. Come on. Are you a son of God? Speak to your mountain. It's okay to pray in tongues. But at some point in that prayer, you've got to pray in the language of your mind and understanding and say in your the language of your mind, you've got to speak to that mountain and tell it to be cast into the sea. Are you a son? Are you still in your rags? Or have you put the Father's robe of righteousness on? Have you received the name that is the authority that represents your right to do business for the Father in His name as He directs and instructs? Have you put on the shoes of peace yet? That's your insulation between you and this life. That's what those shoes are. They are peace. That's what sons have. Sons have insulation between them and the road of life. It's your peace. Your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Because the God of peace is going to use your feet to to bruise the head of the enemy because God has put all things under your feet and you need a little cushion between you and those things you've got your foot on and that insulation is your peace because it's not you putting your foot on there it's God putting his peace on there that's between your foot and what you're putting it on. So that way you can't take the credit for having victory over that thing. Because your peace is what's between you and that obstacle that you put your foot on. Come on. Come on. I don't have a clue whether I'm teaching anymore or not. And it don't matter to me either way. Whatever the Father wants is fine with me. But I know what the Father wants right now. He's waiting to see if he's got any sons in the house. I said the Father is waiting to see if he's got any sons in the house. What 
am I supposed to feel, Brother Wright? We're not talking about feeling. We're talking about speaking the words of authority. And know that when you speak the words, those words are released to go and perform the will of the Father. You don't need a feeling. Some of you need to speak to the things that are causing you fear. Some of you need to speak to the things that are causing you fear. That's your obstacle. Come on. What is it you've been feeling led to do? But you've been telling God you can't do it because of the obstacle between you and the will of God. What is it that God's been telling you to do? But you can't do it because of the obstacle between you and the will of God. That obstacle could be your pride. That obstacle could be your faith and its will. That obstacle could be your ideas and opinions. Come on. Are there any sons in the house? Are there any sons in the house? shalt become a plain. That's the promise of God in Zechariah 4. Who art thou, O great mountain? You know where that verse comes from? Let's help. Zechariah 4 and 6. We'll find out where that verse fits in. Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord of armies. Who art thou, O great mountain? You mountain of resistance, you mountain of obstacle. Before Zerubbabel thou shalt become a plain, P-L-A-I-N. And he shall bring forth the headstone, not gravestone, the headstone, the cornerstone thereof, with shoutings, crying, grace, grace unto it. The prayer and the faith of sons.
I want you to stay right where you are, but listen to me just a minute. I don't, I don't even know what time it is. I don't care. I, I really believe I'm almost done. I'm not tired. I'm not sick, and I'm not sick and tired. But I'm obeying God. Isaiah 45, verse 11. I don't know last time you heard this verse, but this is the will of God, the word of God right now. This is a command of God. This is Logos becoming Rhema to you, the listener, the hearer. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit say into the church. Isaiah 45 and 11. Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and his Maker. Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. And concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. We can't command God. Of course not. But as a son, the Father shows me what He's doing so that I will do it. The Father tells me what to say so I can say it. And so it sounds like I'm commanding when I say, I command the the name of Jesus to be sanctified. I command the kingdom to come in manifestation. I command the will of God as His purpose in heaven to come into being in the earth. I'm not commanding God. It, it sounds like it. And He even is acknowledging it may appear to be that way. But what He's saying is, I've got things I want to do. I'm looking for sons that I can trust to speak things into this atmosphere and environment that I I want to say I have made the earth and created man upon it I have I, I even my hands have stretched out the heavens and all their hosts have I commanded I have raised him up in righteousness and I will direct all his ways this is what we've been talking about all week he shall build my city He shall let go my captives, not for price, nor for reward, saith the Lord of hosts or Lord of armies. Come on, receive it. That's it. Come on. It's now up to you. You want to pray a few minutes? Go do your thing. Go ahead. Your business. You want to, you want to take a hold of this so you can go home with it and operate this and walk in this? I command the revelation and I command the impartation to be activated in the name of Jesus by the authority of the Holy Ghost. I command this activation. I command this, I command this word of revelation. I command these gifts of impartation to be activated in you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I bind the beggar spirit. I bind the servant spirit that undermines our faith in sonship. I bind it. I command the spirit of the beggar. I command the spirit of the servant to loose the sons of God. I command the the spirit of, of sonship.
sonship to be restored in us. I command faith in our sonship to rise up. Rise up faith. Rise up faith. I loose the faith for our sonship to rise up. Come on, come on. I know you're tired and I know you're trying hard, but you haven't broken through where he wants to go. I'm not being critical. I'm just trying to help you here. That's my responsibility. You're not there where he wants you to go. He wants you to have this where you walk home with a different step. You have a different look in your eye. You have a different tone to your voice. You've got, you've got something different going on in your spirit. Come on. Stand up, sons. Stand up in Jesus, sons. Let the authority of the Father rise up in you, sons. In Jesus' name. Rise up, faith. Rise up, faith, in the sons of God. Rise up, passion of Jesus Christ, in the sons of God. My God. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, Father, open the eyes of your sons so they quit seeing the armies and see the hills surrounding them full of angels and chariots of fire. Open our eyes, Father. Let your sons see beyond the enemy that's camped about us to see to the angelic forces that are camped around the enemy. In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. Ilara alarata tabahayata mahasata tabahaya. What do you do with a son that's taking the robe off? What do you do with a son that's taking the ring off? What do you do to, with a son that's taking the shoes off? You let him go where he's gonna go and you don't stop him. 
Because if he disavows his sonship because he wants to go do his own thing his own way, you let him go. Do that if you want to, but I'm not doing it. I said you can do that if you want to, but I'm not doing it. If you're not going to let the Father tell you where to go, you're not going to let the tell you, Father tell you what to do when you get there. You're not going to let the Father tell you what to say when you get there to do. You don't want to be a son. You want to be a Pentecostal performer. A professional Pentecostal performer that gets to do their own thing their own way. Do what you want. But it doesn't say, behold, what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us to call us a Pentecostal preacher. It says, behold, what manner of love the Father bestowed upon us to call us a son of God. Come on. Come on, a little bit farther here. Just a little bit farther. Brother Fuller, go get your wife and come up here. Come right over here. No, right here is fine. I need your help. I don't really know you. You don't really know me. And we don't know each other that well. But I'm going to obey God. You don't know me well enough to know that I don't tell people the will of God. If God gives me a word, it's for one reason. And that's to confirm what he's already trying to say. There's two levels of humility in you. There's a deep humility, and it's real. But there's a false humility you cover that with. And that false humility causes you fear. Causes you fear and keeps you from doing the will of God. You're a lady, a wonderful lady. Thank God for ladies. But ladies need security. They like consistency and certainty. But if you're after that out of the will of God, it's going to be your ruin. God has brought you to this day to this point. You're on the brink of making a decision. You're going to go forward or you're going to go backwards. You're going to step into the ministry you know he's called you to and trust him and, 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 and fulfill that ministry and trust him to feed your family and take care of your family and go where he sends you and say what he gives you to say. Are you going to find you some other place and you're going to die there and your family is going to go to hell from there? I say that in the absolute fear of God. And I know you don't know me near well enough to feel comfortable with me saying something like that. But if you, 
if you search way deep down in your heart, you already know what I'm telling you. It's not me, it's God. Come here, put your hands on their head. This is an awesome couple. This is, this is a couple of God. And this man is a man of God. But like all of us, we let circumstances and, and life put us in a box, in a prison that keeps us from doing the will of God. But God brings us to turning points, to crossroads. They, they weren't supposed to be able to hear, be here this week and they didn't get here till yesterday. But they came here for this moment because God loves you enough not to leave this to doubt. Not to leave this to doubt. I am not telling you the will of God. I am confirming to you what you already know to be the will of God. Let's pray. Pray the grace of God on them to do the will of God. Yes. This is for them, but it's not just for them. There's other people in this place that came to this meeting at a crossroads. There's other people in this meeting that came to this, this meeting at a crossroads. Which way are you going? The easy way or God's way? Which way are you going? The one that gives security or the one that requires faith? Which way are you going? Trust him. Trust him. He will not fail you. He healed you last night. He took all of those infirmities away. He did that to confirm to you that he's able to keep you. He's able to help you. This is not his ministry by itself. You are a part of this ministry. Step into that place. Step into that place. My God. My God, my God, my God, my God. Be you and nobody else. Copy the image God has given you in your mind for your future and nobody else's. But seek, keep that submitted to authority for covering and protection and direction. But if you will do that, if this day you will step into that which your heart longs for in God, He, He will take you to heights in Him you can't even imagine. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, receive it. Receive it. Receive it. Without faith, you step, step into it. Step into it by faith. My God, my God, my God.
my God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. James Jackson, don't you and your wife come stand right down here. I want to introduce to you Bishop and Sister James Jackson, San Antonio, Texas. If you don't know them, you don't know how deprived you have been to this day. I don't care if they even get to leave this building this afternoon. You owe it to yourself just to get to meet these people. Why is that the case? Because there's a hand of God here that as of this day, as of this day, he's going to quit Stop fighting, letting that hand of God be manifested through him in the name of Jesus. As of this day, this couple is going to step into the place in the kingdom of God that God has determined for them to be in. In the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, I lose these gifts, I lose this faith, I lose this authority, I lose this love, I lose this passion. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Come on. Somebody step out of your shadows. Somebody step out into the light of sonship. Come on. Come on. Get out of the shadows where you're hiding. Get out of the shadows where you're trying to protect yourself. Step out into the sonship. Step into the light of sonship. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. My, 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 my. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. This is, this is how this works. Keep that there. In the name of Jesus. Itayaka sakata halaradata. Ilorobo kosha sakata. Ilorobo kosaya. Ilaratatata kie kalaratatata bahaya. Ilaratababakasha. In the name of Jesus. 
in the name of Jesus. Rise up authority. Rise up power. Rise up faith in the name of Jesus. Don't become a spectator. Don't become a spectator. Just because you don't get prayed for personally doesn't mean there's anything less you can receive from God. I don't ask God why I pray for some and not others. Not my business. But if you've got to have somebody put their hand on your head and speak in your ear, I gotta wonder why that is. in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 There was an earthquake and his voice wasn't in a earthquake. There was a whirlwind and his voice wasn't in the whirlwind. And I forget what else there was. But then there was this still small voice. Anybody listening to the still small voice? Anybody responding to the still small voice? Come on. Come on. When's the last time you heard that voice and then spoke what it was telling you out in prayer? Speaking the rhema that was put in your heart. Speaking it. The word of faith is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. 
that if thou shalt confess, you got to confess the rhema, which is quicken logos most of the time. Because you're speaking it, you're releasing it. By the prophecies, Timothy, went, that went before on you, make war. Those prophecies are, are promises. They're rhema. And, and they're given to you for a weapon because the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. But that's not logos, it's rhema. The sword of the Spirit is the, is the rhema of God. And as I speak it, I'm using the sword of the Spirit to war. Because I'm giving it to me for war. If there wasn't going to be a battle, he'd never speak it to me. Oh, I want a word from God. I want a word from God. You get a word from God, do nothing with it. I want a word from God. I want a word from God. Get another word from God, do nothing with it. I want a word from God. I want a word from God. Get another word from God, do nothing with it. Why? You're not given rhema so you can put it up on your wall as a trophy. Go get you a spiritual taxidermist and stuff your rhema and put it on the wall and, and, and let everybody know how many trophies you won with that rhema. That rhema is given to you as a sword of the spirit. Can't you picture in your mind how to use a sword? You don't have to be a swordsman to have some idea what it's like to use a sword. Anybody got any rhemas they need to use right now? Come on, I'm, I'm serious. This is what the Holy Ghost is trying to do right now. We're not fooling around. We're trying to, this, the Spirit's trying to ingrain some things into your mind and heart and spirit that you will go home and do. If you won't do them here, do you know how foolish you're going to feel doing them all alone? The devil's going to make you feel like an absolute idiot do it, trying to do this all alone. But if you do it here, where the Spirit of the Lord in this atmosphere can bear witness with your spirit, this really is Him. Then when you're alone and you're doing it, the devil tries to make you feel foolish. You go, you're a liar, devil. I'm not a fool. I'm obeying the Word of God. You know what? We fear embarrassment more than we fear failure. You say they're connected. Maybe, but not totally. Come on. I don't know what you're looking at. I'm not speaking so you look at me. I'm trying to give you some direction in prayer. My words are not teaching that you stop and say okay let me take a note on that what i i'm not teaching now i'm 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 exhorting and god has given me words of direction for your prayer this is directed prayer you ever heard of that These aren't, these aren't words you stop and take note of and go stare and look at and okay he's teaching again i stopped teaching a while ago these are words of direction for prayer Come on. Well, I, I don't know what to say. So you got no rhema? Or maybe you haven't used it in so long you forgot it. Maybe it's time you ask the Lord to remind you of what the rhema is he's given you. All the unused rhema. All the unused rhema.
Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. In the name of Jesus. 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 Die kala rotalaratatahaya. Die kala rotalaratatabahaya. Die mama makasakatahaya. Hallelujah. 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 Mama makatatatamamamanatatahaya. I talked to Brother Barnes years and years ago, and he said to me, Brother Wright, I am directing you to pray every day that God would give you a greater sensitivity to hear what he's saying to you. He said, God is talking to you, but there's, there's just stuff that is hindering you from hearing as consistently and as clearly as he wants you to. So. I want you to make that a focus of prayer.
Well, I thought I'd been doing it before, but with his instruction, I did it consistently. And there's still days. I'll say, Lord, get, you know, get, give me ears to hear. And I, I, pray, play, I, I pray this verse, Lord, lead me in a plain path because there are many adversaries. One of the most significant elements of being a son is a son knows how to hear the father's voice. And you, you can't do this here today. This needs to be a daily thing, a consistent thing. But I am, okay, I was trying to look for another word, and it's not coming that way. <laughs> I am instructing you to go home and to pray daily that God would give you a greater sensitivity to his voice and that he would teach you how, through his grace, to quiet every other voice that is hindering your ability to hear his voice clearly. A son of the father has to be able to hear clearly what the father's saying. If that's not happening, it's not God's fault. And it's not that God's not saying anything. The Lord tries to speak to every one of us every day. Now, I don't mean that everything he wants to say to us every day is go part the Red Sea. You understand what I'm saying? But relationship requires communication. And if you can't communicate with the Father, and prayer isn't prayer unless it's two-way communication. And I don't care how well you think you hear the voice of God. Can you really be satisfied? Is it really okay with you to stay where you are? No. Brother Cole said an, another thing to me over the years, and, and it sounds like I've been with these guys all the time. No, I wasn't. <laughs> Brother Cole, probably a little more Brother Barnes, but neither one of them, a huge amount. It's just when they spoke, it lodged in my spirit, and I didn't forget this stuff. Brother Cole said to me, Brother Wright, God will communicate to you in the little things and establish his pattern for dealing with you. And he will teach you how he communicates with you in the less important things. He said, our problem is when things get very important to us, we immediately want God to change how he's been dealing with us. And he's not doing it. He expects us to learn how to hear his voice, how he deals with us, and he will deal with us if the world is caving in the same way as he does if I got a hangnail. Because he establishes how he deals with me. And he doesn't deal with you exactly like me. And he doesn't deal with me exactly like you. We're individuals. We're not robots, automatons. We have a father. We're each uniquely his son. He made us each unique. So therefore, each of us, he establishes a unique way. It may be similar to somebody else, but it will always be unique to you. And he will do that in the less 
significant, uh, everything's significant, but in the less significant ways. In other words, if you miss it, the world's not coming to an end because he's trying to teach you. But you can't, you can't also dismiss it because it's not the world coming to an end. You've got to learn to hear for, from him in the less crucial, less crisis situations. So that you become confident, not overconfident, but confident in your ability to hear the Father's voice as His Son. Because when things get ramped up, that's just the way He's going to talk to you. And again, when I use the word sons, all of us, male or female, are part of the bride of Christ. All of us, male or female, are sons of God. I know a couple of times the Scripture uses the word daughter. But just like it uses the word man, in some cases it's talking about man, in some cases it's talking about mankind or everybody, all genders. All according to my eldest granddaughter's uh, psych- psychology or sociology professor, there are now seven different genders at least. I, I'm sorry, I got off on that one. But anyway, it, it sometimes it means all of mankind. So it's the same thing with sons of God in this issue. It's, it's, in this context, all of us, males or females, are sons of God. And you need to be able to hear. Faith comes by hearing by the rhema of God. It's the most basic skill, spiritual skill. It's not a gift. It's a spiritual skill that you develop. Hebrews 5.14, we talked about yesterday. By reason of use, we have our senses exercised to discern the good and evil. So I, I, have to, I have to be willing to hear and then use it. Use it in things, okay. Well, it's just a headache. Yeah, isn't that great? It's just a headache. Because if you don't learn how to speak to a headache, you're not going to know how to speak to a cancer. So you learn. And God deals with you like that. I know, I know people, they see all kind of stuff. I've seen things a few times. And I take a pill for it. No, I'm kidding. I have seen a few things. But God mostly deals with me, first of all, through that still small voice and sometimes through impressions. Now, there are some things that changes, but it's not the way he deals with me personally. It's the way he communicates with me over ministry. I don't want to go into that not, not right now, but, it, but I need to learn that. As a son, I need to learn how he deals with me. My eldest son's got four children. I can tell you right now, they can't speak to all four of those children exactly the same. The oldest is 19, uh, about to be 19, youngest is about to be 13. And I promise you, each one of them, there is your own particular way you approach them. Would you want it some other way? No. So God wants you to learn the way he deals with you. So you can have confidence in crisis. You say, where that's at? Where's that in the Bible? Oh, I'd love to show you, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I didn't mean that the way it came out. I'm not going to take the time right now to show you. Okay, maybe the Lord will remind me later. But it's 
He wants us to have confidence. Okay, 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 okay. All right. Real quickly, just just nobody don't move. First John chapter four, verse sixteen. Here it is, ready. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to, to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Next verse. Herein is our love made perfect, that for this cause, for this reason, on this account, we may have boldness, the Greek word, there's confidence, in the day of judgment. Greek word is K-R-I-S-I-S, from which we get the word crisis. Our love, his love is made perfect in us, so we can have confidence in the day of crisis. What does it mean, made perfect? I have, I learned to have more and more confidence in his love, and a part of his love for me as I learn that he really loves me enough as his son to communicate with me, and he teaches me how to hear. Praise God. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for these wonderful, wonderful people. I thank you for the awesome word you have spoken to us, the revelation that you've given us. And I thank you for the quickening of your power and authority in us as sons. I thank you, Father. I ask for your rest upon us. I ask you for your refreshing that we might come back tonight, Lord, and be fully surrendered to you to finish what you've started this week in jesus name i thank you for it in jesus name amen god bless you i love you i'm going to the house